Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. To Henry. Quick snap. Breeze. Pass is incomplete. No flag for Tommy Lee Lewis. Got him. It's just about that time, ladies and gentlemen. It is about time to crown the latest champion of the NFL. We are so close. I can't believe we've already gone through an expanded regular season. 17 games, of course. 18 weeks. We made through a few weeks of playoffs, and now we're finally just a little over a week away from Super, from Super Bowl time, baby. And it is really one of the best times of the year. Not only are we getting the Super Bowl coming up, but more importantly, the best game ever. Uh, like the, the really the most anticipated game. The one that's really going to bring all the action. The one that's going to bring all the suspense. The one that's going to just be the most exciting. Of course, year after year, it's none other than the Pro Bowl. So I am by far more excited for that one than the Super Bowl. Of course, I'm kidding. The Pro Bowl has not been good since like 2010. Um, back when they were still playing in Hawaii. Uh, now that stadium was a Aloha Stadium. That's turned into a dump, just like the Pro Bowl itself. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen. Uh, doing um, no Alex this week. He uh, is out, of course. He has another job that pays him a lot more than this one, so that takes priority. Uh, but he'll definitely be back next week for our Super Bowl preview but we're here to break down everything that happened for not only from the championship weekend but also what happened on what we thought was going to be saturday that ended up happening on tuesday and or um yeah on tuesday and said tom brady is no longer well i don't know is he did he actually announce his retirement he never actually used the word retire so conspiracy theory still going crazy Tom Brady is not officially retired yet. My take um, that he is not going to retire on the loss is still alive, and I'll believe it, and I'll only admit I'm wrong once we make it to the end of next season, once the last play of the next year's Super Bowl is finished, and Tom Brady hasn't played a snap, then I will admit I'm wrong. But until then, I'm still 100% right, and... um. That that's really all there is to it. But we're going to take a look at, of course, both of the championship games. Um, and I got a little something new that we're going to be doing today. So make sure to go ahead and stick around for that. Um, it's going to be taking place throughout the show here. Got a few things to talk about because I really I was asking this question on Twitter and I think I got a decent enough response to call myself right. Um, so we're going to take a look at two key wide receivers and see who would you actually rather have. Um, has Kyle Shanahan peaked as the head coach in San Francisco 49ers? And what is going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? And, of course, I'm going to spend a good bulk of time talking about Tom Brady because there is some drama here. There's some stuff that we need to take a look at because... Nothing can just be black and white in the NFL. Um, oh, maybe probably shouldn't use that term considering what's going on with Brian Flores. <laughs> oh, it was a hell of a Tuesday for football. Um, 
we're going to get into it here in just a moment but of course you can find all of our fantastic stuff over at the fourth NFL specific that's the fourth forward slash NFL you can stream all of our shows audio versions from the website itself at the fourth of course you can catch us on Spotify audio and video um, Apple Podcasts we're on Google we're in Google Podcasts we're um, YouTube, Rumble, anywhere you want to tune into anything, we're probably there. So go ahead, check us out. Um, check out the rest of our great content uh, once you're done with this one. But let's talk about the games because the Bengals versus the Chiefs kicked us off on Sunday. And I got to admit, I was um, I was wrong about this one, uh, especially after the uh, first, you know, quarter or, or so of football. Um, I thought the Bengals were going to be done, but then also I failed to realize that it is the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is almost exactly what happened in Week 17 when they played each other in Cincinnati. The Chiefs got to a big lead. I think at one point in the second, it was 21-3. to So, it wasn't looking too good, especially with the Chiefs. Their first three Giants went for touchdowns. That's ridiculous. All right. So it's like, oh, no, um, it's bad. But then in the second half, the Bengals make the adjustments that they need to. They start dropping back into coverage a lot more. And that really, really hurt Patrick Mahomes there. He finished with like a, I think it was like a one or maybe like a 1.5 QBR in the second half after having like an 89 or something like that um, in the first. So the Bengals did what they had to do. All right, and then also, you got Joe Burrow. I mean, the way this dude was clothed heading into the stadium, he was, I'm pretty sure, wherever he walks, a lake forms because Joe Burrow was dripping. All right, and I know a lot of you probably weren't expecting me to use that phrase anytime soon, but you know, newsflash, I am hip with it. So you would say, oh, man, I need to move on. Uh, I'm going to get canceled just for being cringe. But uh, the only there there is a thing here, though, because Joe Burrow, that dude's ice cold. But you want to know who's colder than Joe Burrow? Just one man in the league at this point in time. And that is, hop on the boat with me, everyone, because I was saying this last week. My prediction, it was a hot take, and it still is, but my prediction for Super Bowl MVP this year is MV Fearson. All right. Because Evan McPherson kicked four field goals in this one. I think he broke the postseason record. And this guy, he doesn't miss. He does. I think he's 12 for 12 this postseason on field goals. Two of them being game winners. One to both being in um, overtime. Or uh, one being overtime. This guy is clutch. He's the definition of clutch. He's the definition of ice cold. He's ruthless. He's a savage. He's a killer. He's any one of those descriptions. Anything you want to put in that kind of whole area. If you want to break out the thesaurus, all right, I'm not gonna because I don't have one. If you actually own a thesaurus, you, you, you should probably put money elsewhere unless you got it for free. Then, you know, free is great. Um, but any kind of synonym to savage or ice cold or any of that stuff. Go ahead, put that to Evan McPherson because this guy does not miss, all right? And I am ready for him to kick another fourth field goal game in the Super Bowl and win Super Bowl MVP. It's going to happen, so you better, you might as well book it right now. But Joe Burrow is clutch. 
the offensive line did a whole hell of a lot better, albeit um, that the Chiefs don't have as good as a pass rush as the Tennessee Titans did, but they definitely sure things up when they needed to. So that's a really promising sign, especially when you're going to be going against the team that arguably has the best pass rush in the league, and that is the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, we'll break down the whole game and tell you everything you need to know in our predictions next week once we take a, a do our preview for the Super Bowl. But keep this matchup in mind. Because that pass rush versus the Bengals offensive line is probably going to be what makes or breaks this game. Uh, but also, you guys have some questions when it comes to the Chiefs side of the football. Because just completely collapsing in the second half the way that the Chiefs did is inexcusable. Especially from an experienced coaching staff um, from Andy Reid. Um, Eric Bynum, probably not going to get it. <laughs> Don't be surprised if he doesn't end up as a head coach now just because of this kind of collapse. Um, putting him three points in the uh, in the second half of football. Uh, you spend 30 minutes, you get three points. We can do some math, and that ends up to not a whole lot over that time, all right? Um, who do you want to blame them more? Do you want to blame Andy Reid, or do you want to blame Patrick Mahomes? Because... Um, the play calling, there's the, there's obviously poor play calling, but I think there's worse performance. If you take a look at some of the quarterbacks around the league, they would be getting absolutely dragged. If Jimmy Garoppolo had a game like that, he'd be getting destroyed. He didn't have that great of a game. We'll talk about that in a second, but he would be getting destroyed if, like, um, God, like Drew Locke, if he had a game like that, if he had a second half like that, he would be getting dragged. Tom Brady had a game like that dragged all right Aaron Rodgers he got dragged when the Packers blew to the Niners all right this wasn't great this wasn't greatness this wasn't a half a billion dollar contract it worked all right so there's gonna be questions being asked and I do think that Patrick Mahomes deserves the most amount of blame on this and, and also you know love his comment after the game saying that um they were um, doubted the whole year and tried to prove people wrong. I mean, yeah, they were doubted once they started off really poorly, but that was also a bad start going to the season. They were Super Bowl favorites, so I wouldn't really call them underdogs in the sense maybe after they um, crapped the bed through the first half of the season, then you there's that argument. But I think that's a stupid one because everyone was expecting you to be in this place at the beginning of the season. And that's that. All right. You guys were underdogs. You guys weren't breaking the mold. You guys weren't counted out and going against the man. No, you deserved every bit of doubt that you received. You went out, you got to AFC Championship, so that's great. But ultimately, you kind of did what was expected of you. So I kind of don't want to hear any bitching. All right. That's that. But we're going to move into the NFC Championship game, one that like I think had the highest championship game ratings since 2014. They pull like 50 million, I think. So um, that's pretty damn crazy. And <laughs> who says that the NFL is dead? Um, there's clearly one big dog in the country at the least, and I know it's still the best sport in the world. I don't care about your other stupid fo um, soccer, you know. Um, I mean, that, that's a rule here is uh, if you guys have been listening for a while, you know this is absolutely, um, this is a safe space from soccer. So you're never going to hear anything good about it. You're hardly going to hear about it. And if I do talk about it, it's because it's a crap sport. It's boring to watch. And I just wanted to gouge my eyes out. All right. Um, but let's talk about the game itself because 
Matthew Stafford in his first season out of Detroit. He makes it all the way to the Super Bowl. And he has a hell of a chance of winning it um, this season and finally be able to get one. We'll talk a little bit more about the implications of Super Bowl win or loss will mean to his legacy and ultimately his bid into the NFL Hall of Fame. Stay tuned next week for that one. But the Rams finally beat the Niners. The, they were on a six-game losing streak. Lost twice to them this year. They take the lead late. And then their defense comes up clutch with a clinical, a perfect, a expected, and just all outs a classic Jimmy Garoppolo passes. He tries to get the ball out of his hands as he's being sacked. He wants to avoid a long third down. It goes to the interception and ball game. All right, um, and then for the Rams, I mean, Cooper Cup. Talk about a yards after catch machine. This guy was yakking all over the field. I don't know if that's a phrase um, that can't be used. I hope there's nothing on Urban Dictionary. I'm not well-versed in that one, but that's what I'm going to use here. This guy was yakking all over the place in this game, and he was pretty much unstoppable. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had a good game. Aaron Donald, Von Miller had a good game there as well. And so it was a really good team win for the for the Rams, and it was, it's really hard to beat a team three times in one season. The Niners weren't able to do it, but it's still a very valiant effort for the San Francisco 49ers, especially what happened this season. But at the end of the day, the Rams are just a better football team. They're better offensively. They're better defensively. They have the better quarterback. They have the better um, pass rush, even though Nick Bosa is really damn good. They, the Niners, I'll give them the edge in the linebacking core led by Fred Warner because, oh, my gosh, people don't talk about that guy nearly enough. Um, and overall, better offense line to the Rams too as well. Shout out to Andrew Whitworth because I think that guy is super super underrated for how long he's been playing for how well he's been playing i think he's the best run blocker in the league especially as a tackle this guy is a freaking force and hendrix is going to have his work cut out for him when he's going up against andrew whitworth during the super bowl sweet damn he's really good and sweet damn not enough his name doesn't come out of enough people's mouths because for how good he's been for how long he's been doing it that guy, it, he looks the he, he looks as old as his jersey number is, and he's still dominating everyone out there. This guy is a menace when it comes to defense and defense linemen and, and edge rushers. And I freaking love Andrew Whitworth. And he has a chance. He started off as a Bengal. He has a chance to win a Super Bowl against the Bengals. Um, I hope no matter what. I mean, he might. I don't know. Do I? Pure speculation, he might retire. He's obviously been playing in the league for a very long time. Um, hopefully for his sake, he can go out on a high note um, and do something like that as well. But the only problem is here for this game is I just don't think you can trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he's a winner. Yeah, he has the best road winning percentage is in, in NFL history. Yeah, he has one of the best winning percentages in the league when healthy. But at the end of the day, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to win you football games. In this case, Jimmy Garoppolo lost you a, a football game. They, that doesn't happen often, though. Let's preface that. That does not happen often. Most of the time, you're not going to lose a game because of Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're just about never going to win a game because of him. And with the way offenses work in today's NFL, that guy is not going to get it done. All right? A quarterback like that is not going to get, a good, get it done. You look at if the teams, most of the teams that made it as far as the Niners or any playoff team in general, and especially the Super Bowl team. 
Matthew Stafford wins you football games. Joe Burrow wins you football games. Jimmy Garoppolo does not win you football games. All right? So, it's obviously time for the Niners to move on. They're already in trade talks. So, they're going to move on from him. That's the best for all of San Francisco. Trey Lance, lower floor, but they definitely have a higher ceiling with him. And they need him to really pan out as a good starting quarterback because the fate of that franchise depends on him well, those are my kind of general thoughts from this game and we're still going to go into them a little bit more once we hit the overreactions um but before we get to that here's a new thing i was talking about trivia who doesn't love a little bit of trivia also i love it because hopefully it'll do what i want and keep you guys listening for longer all right or at least uh, move uh, tried to skip forward to the right time to find it, but ultimately you might not find it exactly. So you're going to do a little shuffling. Still increases playing time nonetheless, so I'm still the winner. Thank you guys very much. Um, but in this year's Super Bowl, both quarterbacks are number one overall picks. So in that sake, my question to you is, who was the last number one overall pick to start a Super Bowl? I'll give you guys a little bit of time. Um, obviously I can't force it because, you know, I'm not there, but don't cheat because you're going to figure, I'm going to tell you what it is anyway. So give it a shot and take a little bit of time here to see if you can figure it out. But like I said, we're going to hop into some overreactions here because one of the first things I want to talk about here is, and so of course how we do this, I got three statements typically with Alex, we do uh, buy or sell. For me, lonesome, we do overreactions, and it's up to me to determine if it is a overreaction or not. And um, some of the stuff uh, I've talked about is kind of own thoughts that come to me, or a lot of the stuff I see on Twitter as well. That's where I'm on mostly. Follow us at 4th Long Radio, or it's up on Instagram at 4th Long Radio. But one of the, just watching this game, I had this thought, and there is a few people that agreed with me when I was tweeting about this, uh, but oh, statement number one, I would rather have Debo Samuel on my team than Cooper Cup, and I think I agree with this one. Uh, at the least, it's I don't think it's a hot take necessarily, too, because if you want to take a look at it, yeah, Cooper Cup. Triple crown winner for wide receivers. He was by far the best wide receiver in the league this season. He's second all-time on yards in the season. He's a yard-after-catch machine, like I was explaining earlier. This guy's fantastic. Um, I think he's like one of the best slot receivers of all time already, uh, which is ridiculous to, to, to say. But Cooper Cup is really freaking good. The thing is, though, Debo Samuel... Is really freaking good and I think the argument that you can make for Debo is that he can do more things better than Cooper Cup Cooper Cup obviously he's gonna be a pass catcher he's a blitz beater he's a guy in the middle that can um, he's not like a as Alex was explaining like last week he's not like a Wes Welker kind of guy that's just gonna stand in the middle take giant shots um, and, and get hit a lot get a lot of concussions sweet damn um, but he's kind of he's kind of there. He's like a little bit of a hybrid. How he can do the West Welker style stuff, or at the same time he could just take a roof off a of defense and, and take them super deep, and they can't catch him. They look stupid trying to tackle him, and he scores a touchdown. That's how half his touchdowns came about, is what it seemed like. But what's the thing is though, Debo Samuel, he can do that. He he can go out. He can take the roof off defense. He's so damn fast. 
and he's a good route runner. He can do that. He can play in the middle of the field. And also another thing that Debo Samuel can do that at least I don't know for sure if Cooper Cup can't do this. We just haven't really seen Sean McVay utilize him this way because he has a need to because he waste of his talents. But Debo Samuel can line up in backfields, lining up as a halfback, and run the football, run these crazy outside zones where as soon as he hits the edge, he's gone. He can make those reads like a running back can. He can make those comebacks. He can find those openings in the offense line as you're watching guys down the field and slowly have a little bit of patience for the holes to, to open up there. He's, he's really good at everything he does. So, I think I would actually prefer Debo Samuel on my football team. I think he's the more versatile guy. He is the better talent at more things. If I want just a wide receiver, obviously I'm taking Cooper Cup 10 times out of 10. But if I want a talent, if I want an athlete, if I want an offensive playmaker, I am taking Debo Samuel. So, I don't think this is an overreaction. And I would love to see what Kyle Chan obviously He's done a fantastic job this season with Debo Samuel. He's really turned him in, into the playmaker that he is with how he's been utilizing him in the offense this year. We've never seen that before. But I do think, I do think that Debo Samuel will be a bigger threat if he was under the guidance and playing in the offense of Sean McVay. I don't think that's going to happen. The Niners are going to have to throw entire house of money at Debo Samuel, as they should this offseason, because you have to keep guys like that around. But you put him on the Rams, and the Rams have that. That's that's better. That's a better team than the greatest show on turf, um, at least offensively. Absolutely, that would be absolutely ridiculous there. Um, but statement number two here: Kyle Shanahan has peaked as a head coach of the 49ers, and man, I would love to have Alex on for this, but I still get his, I'll, I'll text him and try to get his thoughts to you guys, just because, you know, resident diehard 49er fan, um, part of the reason, busy with work, but also, um, probably not in the best headspace to talk about the 49ers this week, all right, still pretty fresh, I don't blame him, all right, because that would be tough as well, but if you take a look, Kyle Shahan took over the San Francisco 49ers in 2017. Uh, the record since then has been six and twelve, or six and ten, four and twelve, and then in 2019 they go 13 and three, win the NFC Championship game, and or a Jimmy Garoppolo overthrown pass away from being the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, and then also, I mean, shout out to Nick Buss for having Defensive Rookie of the Year that season as well. Then back in 2020, they dropped back down to six and ten. I know that was a super injury-ridden season. But 6-10, and 10, nonetheless, they do a little bit better this year. Um, and they, you know, um, was it 10-7? So, good season. But there was, you, you saw them here. And so, they started. They went up. They went up in the Super Bowl. And then they dropped back down far, and now they're kind of back up, but not quite. This is a little bit different than the Cliff Kingsbury talk. Um, we were um, talking about what has been beginning of the playoffs, so after the Cardinals lost to the Rams in the wild card. Um, that conversation went, yeah, no, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury has just been up. He's just been on an upward trajectory. Kyle Shanahan has done some weird things, and you can blame the roster. You can blame the injuries, but I wouldn't be surprised if their one chance at the Super Bowl was in 2019, 
and that's all they're going to get. That's all Cal Shanahan's going to get out of the San Francisco 49ers um, because also he is probably the guy to blame for the Falcons' gigantic collapse in that Super Bowl and Super Bowl 51 against the Patriots, 28-3. Never forget. I... This is one is a tough one because I would love to hear what the 49er fan has to say. Outside looking in, I'm not sure if Kyle Shanahan can win the Super Bowl with the 49ers. Um, they have the personnel. They have the front office. John Lynch has been doing great as a GM. But, man, I, I there's just something about me that's, that's nagging. I don't think that Kyle Shanahan will be able to top a Super Bowl appearance. I'm not sure if he ever makes it back. I would love to see. I do like to root for the Niners out of the NFC. Um, a lot of my friends are Niners fans, so, you know, it's going to play, play a role within it. Um, but also the people that listen to the show, shout out to Ryan Watson, homie, um, Patreon supporter, patreon.com forward slash fourth and long. <clears throat> um, so I I think Kyle Shan speak. Um, I don't think this is overreaction. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a buy this one, actually. Um so, there you go, man. And statement number three is that the Chiefs dynasty does not and has never existed. Now, they've won um, one Super Bowl. They've made a couple appearances. And now they're um, they're definitely not like going to be back to mediocrity. Um, I, I don't think they drop there anytime soon just because of, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, so obviously it's going to be really tough to ever be, you know, less than, to be mediocre or less. But also, it, it's been almost disappointing. This year was rough for them, and it, it's it's weird to describe it. It is disappointing, even though that's kind of what it feels like. I feel let down by the Chiefs here. I feel let down by Andy Reid. I feel let down by Patrick Mahomes and what they did in the playoffs because I I just don't know, man. I don't know. They, they've they been to, you know, a couple of Super Bowls. They were pretty injured, so the Bucks just kind of ran through them and what was the farthest thing from a competitive game. Patrick Mahomes was running for his life the whole time. Um, and they almost lost to the San Francisco 49ers as well. Um, they had a late comeback there, so that aided them in that one. But besides that, they've been winning a crap ton of divisions, but winning divisions doesn't make you a dynasty. Winning championships does. And when you talk about dynasties, you talk about uh, the Patriots, you talk about the Cowboys, all right? And you talk about the Steelers, you talk about the Bears, uh, when they had their time of the, time of the sun. You definitely don't uh, talk about the Seattle Seahawks. That's uh, more of the conversation of the the one of the best dynasties that never was. Um, you could definitely put that one there. I don't think that Chiefs ever really had a true dynasty. I'm not, they're going to have a lot of work to do to actually become a true dynasty. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, the way that it's been progressing is that it's a lot hard, harder to actually have a, a legitimate dynasty to win multiple championships in the, in a short amount of time so i don't think i don't think it's overreaction to say that the chiefs never had a dynasty i don't think it's overreaction to say that they never will be a dynasty and they aren't a dynasty because dynasties win multiple championships the the chiefs are going to go with one in like the span of four years of being a good football team 
that's not a dynasty, all right? Um, they definitely still have the potential to be, but it's a lot harder now in, in today's NFL. It's it's more competitive. That's what we've been seeing in the NFL, especially in the playoffs, underdogs. Both teams are a four, four seed. That's the first time that, um, that both teams were not at least a three seed. Um, so out of the top three, this is the first time that, that that's happened in Super Bowl era history. So that just goes to show you how competitive this league is. And um, I think that's for the better. Definitely not if you're the Chiefs, though. But I'm not complaining that they're um, not going to be in the Super Bowl because I actually am excited for a Super Bowl where I'm not rooting against someone. It doesn't happen nearly enough. And thank God we can have it this year because I know it's been crazy. So it's nice to be able to relax a little bit and just enjoy myself in some food for the Super Bowl. But um, I do think so. Going through that, I think Debo Samuel over Cooper Cup, not an overreaction. Kyle Shanahan is peaked. Not an overreaction, um, but ah, right there. Um, it's tough, though. Um, the chance against the Chiefs dynasty doesn't exist. I, I don't think that's too crazy either. I, I don't. Um, but, of course, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. What do you think about Debo? What do you think about Cal Shanahan? What do you think about the Kansas City Chiefs? Are they done? Are they good? Are they finished? I don't know. Let me know. Let me uh, let me know in the, the comments on YouTube, on Rumble, or um, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Or, best of all, you can leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts with all your thoughts on this one. But it's It's time. It's time to talk about Tom Brady, all right? Because, of course, this is the thing that's going to be all over headlines, and we all got something to say, but, you know, everyone has something to say, but what I have to say is more important because it's me, all right? I'm just not being facetious here, all right? I'm just being honest because, of course, that's why you guys tune in right, at least. I hope that's part of the reason. I know you tune in for some hot takes. You tune in for some entertainment. You tune in on me getting dunked on, um... To, on me to die by eating the hottest chip in the world. Um, boom. All right. I did that. I've been there. Go check that out. That's on YouTube if you want to see me suffer. Um, but it's time to talk about Tom Brady because this man has finally retired after 22 years of service, um, at least s- supposedly, reportedly. He's retired. He, like I said at the beginning of the show, he hasn't he never actually said the word retire. So until the last play of next year's Super Bowl is finished and Tom Brady doesn't play a snap the whole season, then and only then will I admit that I'm wrong on saying that Tom Brady is not going to retire on the loss. All right, then you could if you, you could hold me to it then. Um, but for now, um, no, I'm still right. I'm 100 right, and I don't really want to hear otherwise. And if you do. Sorry, man, you're wrong. But he uh, finishes off as last season in the league. He last season put that in quotes. Um, he finishes as the league's passing yards leader. So finish on a pretty good note there. I know it wasn't the best of things in the playoffs um, going on with a loss and what really wasn't that great of a game. But you know he. he He's still he's still great. All right, he's still a really good quarterback. And the way I felt about this is just relieved. All right, Tom Brady is finally done terrorizing the league. And the thing is, like, I will, 
I, I wouldn't say never, but like I've always hated Tom Brady. But at least I've also always, well, not always, definitely not always. Most of the time it was just hate, but like over the last like three, four years, you know, I've grown to just respect him. Because that's the thing with Tom Brady. And I, honestly, I would encourage that. I would encourage hating Tom Brady, but also respect him for the greatness that he has achieved in being the greatest quarterback of all time. Or at the least, if you want to argue it, you know, be that guy, the most accomplished quarterback of all time. Now, you can't argue against that one. That is just facts. But there's a little bit of drama in this one just because we all know about the fake out. That was kind of it on Saturday with all the reports. I mean, I think it was Tom Brady a related account that posted about retirement. Um, everything, all news stations were breaking with that. So, NFL insiders breaking Tom Brady's retiring. So, of course, the world lots it. And But then, like, a few hours later, we're like, oh, no, Tom Brady hasn't told the Bucks anything. Um, so, he's not actually retired. All right, cool. Um, everyone was wrong. That was stupid. But then you had you know guys like Adam Schefter and the ESPN sticking to the reports that, no, Tom Brady's still going to retire. It's just a matter of when, not if. Um, so, there was that debate on Sunday. And then on Monday, but then on Tuesday, Tom Brady officially makes a statement that he's done playing football. All right. And now... What what everyone had to do, what you know, ESPN, what Sports Center, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, what they all had to do is just repost what they what they made, posted on on Saturday, so they can still get their tweets out and stuff like that. But there is drama with this one, like I was saying, not just from that, just because he it took him like a couple hours to um to recognize Patri New England, the Patriots, and the Patriots fans, and Robert Kraft, and his time in New England. Um, in his original, you know, statement, he it was all about the Bucks, it was all about his trainers and stuff like that, and, and, and uh, teammates. Not a single mention about the New England Patriots football franchise. But then a couple hours later, after Robert Kraft makes a statement, they in the Patriots post that, then he reposts that in his Instagram story saying, like, Thanks, New England, or thanks, Patriots. Um, and then he also says something on Twitter as well. But really short, really condensed. And a lot of people were reading into that, especially you butthurt Patriots fans. And I thought this was kind of funny just because, you know, he had that big old send-off from New England when he left them a couple years ago and went to the Bucks. There is a lot that he said about that franchise then. And it was essentially him retiring from the New England Patriots. So he already said a lot of words there. I did think it was almost a little bit distasteful um, to not mention them, at least not originally, and then do so in his fashion um, in in Tuesday's kind of retirement post. Um, so I, I just thought that was really interesting, really funny. Has he already moved on from Tampa Bay? Is he taking a page out of uh, Peyton Manning's playbook? Because... Um, He's done a, a lot, a little more respectfully, but he's kind of been like, a, he, he's a Broncos player. Um, he's in the Broncos ownership. He's doing a lot more things in Denver with the, the organization than he is with the Colts. Absolutely. You can, there's definitely more of an impact that, you know, uh, of the Broncos and lasting impact to the Broncos than there is of the Colts. I guess Tom Brady wanted to be like, yeah, no, my second team was better. The Bucs uh, were great. I don't care about the six Super Bowls. I went with New England. Um, Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. Tampa, Tom. Tampa, Tom. Um, yeah. That's got, it was just so funny. Um, 
to to me. It was off. It just felt weird. You know, that whole announcement was just weird that Tom Brady's zone football. I'm not complaining, though. Maybe I'll be sad in a couple years, but right now I am celebrating. Um, but for Tom Brady's sake, I'm, it's good they retired because he dominated like 31 franchises. Uh, I, I guess he can't dominate the Patriots. He only beat them once. But you know what I mean. He he beat up. He has a winning record against every franchise, except the Denver Broncos, baby. He's five hundred all time against the Broncos, except in the playoffs where he's one in three, and he never won the game at elevation. Never won in Denver. The Broncos are just that damn good. All right. Um, he was one in three against the Broncos in the postseason. That one win was against that Tim Tebow led team in a game that never really counts and that Broncos fans don't remember. Therefore, it does not exist. Um, so, that's just facts. Tom Brady, the Broncos aren't saved from Tom Brady. Tom Brady is saved from the Denver Broncos. Um, but I. If I'm just going to take this at face value, um, yeah, he's retired. And honestly, I'm pretty surprised about that. For how competitive of a guy Tom Brady is, um, I wasn't necessarily expecting him to retire, especially on a loss, especially when he could see. Like I was making the argument, Tom Brady can still win the Super Bowl. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, he said he was going to stop playing when he sucked. Um, I He doesn't suck. So uh, he's going back on that word at least a little bit. Maybe he's like, oh, damn, this is taking way too long. All right, I just need to retire. Um, Obviously, family played a role within it. Um, If he's playing all these football games, that means that um, that's less time he could kiss his uh, kids on the lips. All right. So he has that. I understand him being retired. And I'm definitely not going to complain about that one. But another source of drama here is that there's a lot of, like, I guess, if you want to call it outrage, that Adam Schefter and other NFL insiders are breaking the news before the players themselves about them retiring. And in the retirement, especially for a arguably the most important player to the NFL, the, the greatest uh, football player of all time, that that's obviously a personal matter, and that's obviously a thing that it would be better for that player to break. Um, Schefter, I think he was also the one that broke the news on Andrew Luck before Andrew Luck could talk about that. That's why he was getting booed out of the stadium, which was horrible, by the way. Colts fans, shame on you. We will never forget that. Um, but I I don't blame people for being mad about this. And, and honestly, I know Adam Schefter, he's doing his job with, with, with that kind of stuff. Um I, I I agree, though. There is something that doesn't feel right with it. It feels off. It feels a little slimy. I think for a guy that's making as big of an announcement of, the, of them retiring from their career, that is a huge, huge, huge announcement. And essentially, Adam Schefter ruined it for Tom Brady. He ruined it. Um, that's supposed to be Tom Brady's thing. That's supposed to be his moment. And he made that where it's not possible so that does leave a bad taste in my mouth i i'm not sure if i like that and like uh, i'm not going to hit him too much because like like i said that is his job but i agree with you know a lot of people um i'm definitely making their voices heard on social media i agree with a lot of people in the industry i agree with um former players like darius butler who's picking out against this one as well 
I don't think that these guys should be breaking retirements. All right? I don't. I think it's disrespectful. I think it's just not right. I think morally, it's kind of shitty. All right? So I don't like how they're doing this. I understand it, but I don't like it. Same thing like I hate Tom Brady, but I respect him. All right? I understand Adam Schefter doing his job. But I don't like him doing his job in this way. I don't think they should be doing that. And um, he deserves a lot of the flack that he's getting. I, I, I have no problems with that, you know. And maybe he has to own it. But I can see why people hate this. And I can agree with him as well. I, I don't think it's a horrible, horrible thing. But there is a time and the place to, to be first, all right? You only need to be first for everything. Not reporting on Tom Brady's retirement wasn't going to cost Adam Schefter's career. Wasn't going to cost his his outlook and how people perceive him and his perception of being a good journalist. In fact, if he knew about it and didn't say it, I would have given him a lot more credit for that one. So, in that sense of the word, that did rub me the wrong way, and I was not a fan of it. And I, I think I think we should stop that practice. I think. Um, that those NFL insiders shouldn't report on people's retirements, leave that for the players themselves. That's just as a person, as a human, as a nice and respectful thing to do. And of course, it feels like the world could use a little bit more of that one. All right, especially when it comes in the world of sports journalism, which has only gotten worse and worse. I'm looking at you, UFC. I know Dana White, you're listening. Of course, you listen to every episode, one of our biggest fans. Give me my press pass, please. Um, We'll fix it, all right? Me, me, and me, uh, Blake, and Slip the Jab, we'll all go, and we're going to, um, you know, make UFC press conferences great again. All right? <laughs> um, but that's just about going to do it this week. Um, let us know, and let me, please let me know your thoughts on this whole Tom Brady thing. Um, do you respect him as a player? Do you hate his guts? Um, is he being saved from the Denver Broncos? And what do you think, especially about guys like Adam Schefter reporting on players' retirements? Do you think there's a place for that? Or are you kind of like, hey, man, let's leave that alone? But before we get to the last segment, of the nene of the week, it's time to answer that trivia. So, of course, the question I asked a little bit earlier was, who was the last number one overall pick to start in the Super Bowl? All right, I'll do a little, a little bit of drum roll. You can do that in your head. And I've got special sound effects so you can know. Also, I, I, I am just really bad at keeping rhythm. And it's hard to hit the desk at the angle and say whatever. I'm making excuses. I don't care. But the answer to this question, and shout out to those that got it right. If you got the right, hit us up on our socials. Um, we'll give you a little bit of recognition there. and um, Or leave a comment and stuff like that. You know, I've already said it like three times this show. But... The last number one overall pick to start in a Super Bowl was Rams quarterback Jared Goff in 2019, Super Bowl 53. And I don't blame you if you totally forgot about the Super Bowl, if you erase it from memory, because it was easily the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen, and arguably the worst football game I have ever seen. Of course, that was the 13-3 game where the Patriots won, and it was just really, really bad. I think there's one good play the whole time with Gronk making like a deep pass down the middle. And that was it. All right. So not a great game. Don't um, blame me for God about that. But if you did, go ahead and um, hit us up because we will give you a shout out for that. 
love trivia. I'm going to keep doing this stuff next week. And um, best of all is I'm going to be able to quiz Alex on this one so you could test his trivia knowledge live on air too because I will not reveal the question uh, to him until um, you know we record stuff. So that's going to be a fun one there. But we're going to cap things off with the Nene of the Week. And it's probably a great thing that Alex wasn't here because he would not like this award recipient. But, of course, it is going to go to the man that had one of the easiest interceptions in his hands. That's probably the easiest interception he'll ever get a chance of having. That could have helped win, uh, the Niners win the football game, all right? The Niners could be playing the Super Bowl if Jukowski Tart just caught that ball, man. That was a horribly underthrown pass that was right to him. Bounced off his chest, off his hands, onto the turf, and it was over. So, obviously, you got to feel for him in that moment because that's just really awful, and that's going to stay on his head for years, I'm sure. But that's Nene. You got Nene. You Nene'd your entire city and or state. Nene'd yourself out of a Super Bowl appearance. So, at the least, you're going to win this award. All right. All right. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to our championship weekend breakdown. Let us know your thoughts on everything that we covered here, whether it be the overreactions, just general thoughts on on the two games, the Chiefs and Bengals, and then the Rams and 49ers. And did you get a trivia right or wrong? And what do you make of the whole Tom Brady situation? Are you relieved he's gone? Should Adam Schefter and those kind of guys be reporting on retirements? Or is it time for them to maybe take a chill pill? and let the players do it themselves. Of course, you can find all of the great stuff. We're on Spotify, um, video and um, audio, on um, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Rumble, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you find us, we are there. Of course, you can also stream us directly from the fourthandlong.com. And, you know, the cool thing is, of course, I'm a Broncos fan. The Broncos are up for sale. Uh, reportedly, they're asking for $4 billion. Um, I don't got that. By the way, you can help me get closer and be able to help the show get closer to that one as well is by becoming a fantastic Patreon supporter. Of course, starting just $1 a month, you can become a part of this very prestigious group and help us towards our $4 billion goal so I can own a football team. At least I would like, I'm thinking I'll be generous, $500 million. I'll be super okay with that. I'll just buy into the ownership group, um, be a part owner with that, and can't uh, own the full one. But... I, if you guys just give me $250 million, um, obviously I'll give you a huge thank you, and I'll be able to hook you guys up with free tickets to uh, Broncos games as well. So, there's benefits that come with this, but there's also benefits that come with just being a monthly do- donor. You could do, uh, there's $1 tier, $5 tier, and $10 tier, and all of them get you, you know, various discounts on merchandise, early access, behind-the-scenes stuff, and plenty more. So, go ahead and check us out. That's at patreon.com forward slash fourth along and shout out to our patreon um, donors um the biggest one the best one the one that also is our resident card expert he's been in this in the industry for three years now um going on four and plenty more ray rodriguez of course um especially when it comes to the card industry you can check out our latest show card stonks that drops every other friday dropped last friday episode five talked about vintage cards so you don't want to miss that one. Go ahead, check that out, because we can definitely help make you guys some money. But shout out to Ray Rodriguez for all your car collecting needs. Go on over Instagram and follow at the Big Bat Box. Shout out to Neil Wiley and Ryan Watson, ladies and gentlemen. 
please try not to to, to, to do bodily harm um, to yourselves while trying to watch the Pro Bowl. And if you don't watch the Pro Bowl in general, I do not blame you. In fact, these skills competitions are a lot more entertaining anyway. So go out. Um, just try to, to make it one more week. We're a little over a week away from the Super Bowl. All right. So go check that out. Also, great way to kill time. Check out the rest of our NFL shows or check out our UFC shows that drop weekly. Check out card songs like I can mention and a bunch more content over at thefourthlong.com. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in all the way. And we'll see you next week.